Welcome to Sleepless in St. Canard where nostalgia replaces REM cycles. I'm Kitty. And I'm Ange. And we haven't slept in 30 years. This is a podcast about the 90s Disney cartoon, Dark Wing Duck. But today, we are also a podcast about the 39th episode of the DuckTales reboot, The Duck Knight Returns. An episode that really hit home for a lot of us wrinkled, old dust pile, cane-waving, geriatric fans of the Masked Mallard. That we have sorely missed. True. It's true. Um, and I think I, before we hop into the blow by blow, that we really should just kind of touch base, uh, at least about how we, meaning you and me and felt leading up to this episode. Because I've heard a lot of varying things regarding the general fan consensus of the DuckTales reboot, really just kind of all over the board. Um, as far as the reboot goes, I very much enjoyed it overall. I liked a lot of the decisions that they made. I liked the character tweaks, particularly with, with some of the villains. Um, but I can also understand why uh, it would irk fans of the original DuckTales and of the Scrooge McDuck comics. Um, they kind of took the teeth out of most of the villains uh, and like the high stakes. It, like Especially the Scrooge McDuck comics are very serious uh, for the most part, especially ones dealing with um, Scrooge's ad- adventures prior to, you know, meeting the boys and all that. So I appreciate that. I appreciate what they did with that. I also can recognize why people don't like it. I prefer that they leaned into the absurd quite a bit, especially the highlight for me in particular is the complete maniac that they turned Flintheart Glumgold into. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't think any character made me more than him, uh, made me laugh more than him just across the board. He was delightfully ridiculous and so far removed from his sinister and calculating roots that he was just basically a new character him and his sharks um with their sharkas his sharkas it just made me laugh every time and i really enjoyed their take on the triplets yes um they each felt like their own like realized personality and less of like a hive mind which i suppose credit where credit is due was sort of first put forward in quack pack but we don't talk about quack pack here no and i may also just really love ben schwartz who has somehow taken over voicing every nostalgic blue character <laughs> in recent years and i wish him many many more blue roles in the future because he's worth every penny he's asking for in my humble opinion as do I. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I think the show was very ambitious. And I like that it really had this grand story mapped out um, that even with the filler episodes being entertaining enough, they didn't feel like a chore to watch. Because a lot of, for me anyway, the original DuckTales had a lot of filler. They were basically all filler because there was no one big story going on that were kind of slow and boring it is disappointing that they didn't have more seasons to let everything pan out in a smoother way but even with the rush to the finish line ending that they did pull together it still felt like a complete story albeit with a few loose ends flapping loose in the breeze and some unmet potential which bumps me out Um, a loose end in particular that i know that you share a big old bummer with me is the ending of this particular episode Mm mm-hmm that's my my basic disclaimer on the DuckTales 2017 reboot. Your thoughts? Loose ends flapping in the breeze and in the sewers. And <laughs> in the sewers. Yes. Uh, spoilers to anyone who has not watched DuckTales. So, which could be a very, as far as we know, that could be a good chunk of 
the listeners here if you're coming just listening for an old school Darkwing podcast. So just kind of um, a little bit of groundwork here too. So as an aside for the folks who may not have watched the DuckTales reboot, this isn't really the first look of Darkwing that we get in the reboot, this episode that we're going to talk about today in this iteration of the you know Duckverse. Uh, Darkwing Duck was a show that was on in the 90s that Launchpad watched as a kid and is now like a super fan of the show, which was appropriately called Darkwing Duck. And through him, we kind of get little snippets of what the show looked like in that universe. The first time they showed us Darkwing was actually in the episode that they introduced Fenton, Crackshell, Cobra, and Gizmoduck in, which was Fear the Buddy System. He was voiced by Lin-Manuel Miranda was Fenton. And that episode actually starts with us getting to see like a solid three to five minutes of Darkwing, Quackerjack, Liquidator, and Megavolt for the first time. So that's the first time we get to see these characters in God knows how long, maybe 20 years, like of new actual animation, maybe even longer than that. But we, the fans, at least the fans that I I know, knew that Darkwing was coming at this point. Uh, We didn't really know in what capacity. Uh, he was going to be in the show as what we saw was just a quick teaser slideshow that was shown during um, the a DuckTales panel either at D23 Expo or San Diego Comic-Con. I don't remember which one it was, and you probably know. Uh, it was San Diego Comic-Con, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't know we'd get such a fully realized version of him that would have, you know, Jim Cummings voicing Darkwing and Michael Bell reprising his role as Quacker Jack for a few lines. And I don't remember who did the voice of Megavolt, but they did a really good impression. It was Keith Ferguson, who is Flintheart Gomgold. There you go. See, a man of many talents. (laughs) But we got to see the Ratcatcher and St. Canard, and it was all very exciting. The episodes were kind of becoming available at a weird hour of the morning here in the Eastern time zone. So I was asleep and was not. <laughs> so I woke up to a string of nearly incoherent messages demanding that I watch the episode as soon as I woke up. And I think I watched that opening five times in rapid succession before watching the rest of it. <laughs> so we were pretty excited that we got to see even that little bit of Darkwing and you know, we didn't really know what would happen after that. Like, we knew that Launchpad was the super fan, and it kind of kept creeping back in. Like, there was an episode where Beakley gets super into the show and dresses up like Darkwing for a little bit, and she's watching an episode that had Paddywhack in it, and there were a few different little nods here and there, mostly Launchpad-powered. Um, but this is our first real entirely Darkwing-centric episode. And that's the end of my second little disclaimer here. That's that. Um, So unless you have anything else to add, we can go into the meat of this here. Just wanted to say, for me anyways, you pretty much covered everything that I felt about the DuckTales reboot. I also felt that they did a pretty good job at taking all the iconic stuff that we love about DuckTales, but discarding a lot of the stuff that like wasn't that great. They were, they were a little selective in what they did with it. And then they, as you said, they put a twist on some of the villains. And I can totally see why some people liked it. I think it, it depends on how much you love the original characterization. Because mm-hmm. if they're so dramatically different mm-hmm. and it's not quite what you want, then... So I, I understand that. 
But on the whole, I thought it was pretty solid. I, I personally thought season two was the strongest. Season three, I think, had some really good standout episodes. But in terms of the actual overarching plot and stuff, I felt it was a little too packed with mm -hmm. cameos and there was like some filler ep episodes. I feel like the main plot didn't get as much focus as it could have. But mm. on the whole, if you were to ask me what your favorite episodes are, at the top is Duck Knight Returns because I'm incredibly biased. <laughs> but after that, most of my favorite episodes were in season three. There's several. Mm. So, and of course there is another Darkwing Duck episode after this one called Let's Get Dangerous that shows up in season three. And I'm sure we'll talk about that one at some point too, yeah. down the road. That one's a two-parter as well. Yeah. So, yeah. And we were talking about this uh, before the podcast started, but we were impressed at how this episode was paced because it's only 22 minutes, a standard mm -hmm. half-hour episode. And yet it feels longer, but not in a bad way. It just feels like everything, it hits all the beats in all the right places and feels very, I don't know, complete. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people would uh, were arguing, you know, it almost seems like a backdoor pilot because it's very contained. I feel like the only reason that Scrooge and Dewey were present is because it is DuckTales and I think they're required mm -hmm. to include at least... Scrooge and one of the kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I, yeah. <laughs> I, otherwise, I don't think they would have been included because uh -huh. I. Although I think Dewey did a good job pushing the plot along, but mm -hmm. on the whole, this was definitely more like centered on Launchpad as the big main character, and then the characters were introduced to. And for me, it felt very whole. Like this episode from starting to end, it was satisfying. And yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it in detail about why, but I am excited. I was really excited to watch this episode again. I, I've been, it's like, you know, when you have a dessert that you really like, but you don't want to eat it too often because you're worried you'll get sick of it. Mm -hmm. This episode, I held off from <clears throat> watching it for a while because I knew we would eventually cover it on the podcast. So I didn't watch it for about, I don't know, several months because I've rewatched it several times over and I was like, yeah, I put it on the big screen and I watched it again. And, <laughs> oh. Pop some popcorn. <laughs> oh, so good. And I, I just want to, I, I think you were there, Kitty, but I just want to share this because it really was magical. It was honestly the most magical night. But as Kitty mentioned, when the episodes would drop on the streaming services, so Disney Now and where there were several other places what typically would happen is they drop at midnight in the Pacific Standard Time, which is 3 a.m. Eastern Time. And usually one person who has a streaming service would get into a Discord server and they would stream the episode on Discord and everybody would jump in and watch it together. It's basically, to me, it's like the equivalent of that one kid that has the really high channels and all the other kids go over to their house so they can watch... <laughs> you know, whatever like show they like. That mm -hmm. was basically it. And when I watched this, and I'm pretty sure you joined me too on, on this, Kitty, there must have been at least, I don't know, 20 people or under 20 people at least who were watching this with us as it was being streamed. So it dropped at approximately 3 a.m. in the morning, and it was always on a Sunday, if I recall correctly. which was Yeah, it was not a great time. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a great time for it to drop. It was. I feel like it. Oh, 
Maybe it was Sunday. It was. I'm pretty sure it was a Sunday because I think I had work the next day because I remember going into work and being in a fugue state while I was working. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. But it was just, I remember we watched it together and everybody reacted together. And it was just, I still look back on that fondly as just like a really, I don't know, it was a fuzzy moment. Like it makes me feel happy. And there's certain parts where I hear the music and it brings me back to that day where we were all, we were just having a good time. So yeah. yeah. Sharing an exciting thing with people who are just as excited about it as you are. It's like going to see star wars and dressing up like a stormtrooper like you know that the people that are going to the midnight showing of this thing are probably as super into it as you are so it's like you're among family that's how it how it feels anyway yeah so let's let's get into the actual episode because it sounds like we both have a lot to talk about and yes i i took copious notes you're gonna get sick of hearing the sound of my voice if you aren't already um so without further ado, if you would like to watch the episode, it is on Disney+. Plus. It's uh, the DuckTales 2017, Season 2, Episode 16, The Duck Knight Returns. Scrooge and Dewey make a gritty Darkwing Duck movie. <laughs> and um, off the bat, it just kind of starts. Um, it starts with a pretty beautiful shot of St. Canard. He, like, looking down like the Audubon Bay Bridge, like that classic shot. The skyline's all lit up and pretty. And it's interesting, you know, for watching all the classic Darkwing episodes that we have watched, see the difference of just because the Darkwing, you know, old school Darkwing is beautiful in a different way because it's the, the backdrops are all different colors. Like there's lots of purples and pinks and different colored hues and everything. And not to say that one is better than the other, like, you know, it's all hand-painted and everything like that. And this is very clean. It's very, like, bright, but it's muted. It's, like, dark colors. It's very, I don't know. It was just interesting for me to have that juxtaposition between this and Unfooled, which is the beautiful, most beautiful episode we've ever watched. But anyway, I just thought that was interesting. It struck me different, a little different. Um, so we get that beautiful opening shop, and then we, we go over to uh, St. O'Malley's kitten orphanage (laughs) as in thomas o'malley i assume where a hooded figure is leaving a pile of bombs and cackling to himself just ending in so bad (laughs) and we get our first of so many i am the terrors of darkwing arriving and saying i am the pebble and the penny loafer of depravity i am and then the hooded figure finishes with darkwing duck uh, Dark tries to play it cool, and for a moment it looks like he's a far more capable Darkwing that, than we're used to. Like, oh, this could actually be a cool Darkwing. Then he just steps on three consecutive landmines trying mm-hmm. to get to the bad guy. I am Darkwing Duck. Uh, so you've heard of me. Let's get dangerous. <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So it's clearly the Darkwing that we all know and love. Um, and that last explosion knocks him into the bad guy. And he gets in to do a dramatic reveal of who's under the hood and gasp. It's another Darkwing. And also Hi. just Jim Cummings delivery when he's stepping on the landmines and he's just going through each one, repeating the word dangerous. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was so good. Like, 
yeah just on point mm -hmm. it's like he never left <laughs> we, we end on this dramatic shot of darkwing and darkwing looking at each other as this you know foreshadowing thing that happens and we pan out to see that this is all being shown on an old school tube tv as a very clearly older yet still recognizable Darkwing leans into screen to talk to a small group of people showing up to this thrilling celebrity experience. He pulls off the mask of the other person and it's Darkwing. Like it's obviously an evil Darkwing and it ends with him going, me? But I can't get over the detail. Like the fact that if you look at where it ends before it pans out to the parking lot, the still shot is purposely done to look like it's really cheap animation. Mm -hmm. You can see mm -hmm. a split where it's clear that it's the same, it's the same person, the same actor. And they did, I don't know, it's like all like a blue screen or something. <laughs> yeah, it's all uneven. And it was obviously just, I loved that detail because it was just that little, like, it was obviously, I think in universe, it was a live action show, even though, mm -hmm. I don't know how that works in cartoons, but he it was clearly meant to be live action. And you could see that they had really low budget. <laughs> I just mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, the production value wasn't that great. <laughs> so this is the actor who played Darkwing on this show that Launchpad loved, and his name is Jim Starling. Launchpad has brought Dewey with him. I don't know why anyone lets any incarnation of Launchpad watch children. Um, or maybe this is more Dewey babysitting Launchpad, which I feel like is probably the case, yes. given the way that the scene ends up. Um, but we don't know for sure. But they're here with another obviously very super excited fan. And I think there's a caricature of DuckTales showrunner. And that scene? Yes, I believe the guy on the far right wearing the DW shirt was supposed to be Frank Angoni's, his self-insert. He has was always very vocal about his love of Darkwing Duck, so it's a little nod to him in there. But anyway, this is all just a sad glimpse of what has become of Jim Starling since Darkwing's unceremonious cancellation as his public appearance is for the opening of a sofa store. <laughs> He cuts the ribbon with a let's get comfortable. And this whole thing just kind of feels like Galaxy Quest for me, which is a very high compliment because I love Galaxy Quest. Um, so he lets a dwindling crowd know after he like opens the store that he'll be signing autographs and three quarters of the, the crowd just walk away, <laughs> which is pretty perfect. Um who is playing chaperone to the fanboy launchpad he's like really sweet with launchpad i do appreciate that i feel like everybody basically is very nice to launchpad in this incarnation i really like this version of launchpad too so i feel like he should be treated kinder um but he you know he's like how, how you doing like he checks in with him like a good friend standing next to your buddy at a comic con who's like completely melting down after like they're gonna see that celebrity guest that they're super excited to see i've been that person on either sides of that conversation so many times so i appreciated him checking in with launchpad seeing how he's doing so that was very nice i liked that um at the little booth that jim has set up in this parking lot we see that he wasn't really supposed to be the guest that day, that it was supposed to be Johnny from Ottoman Empire, which was like a running gag like show like in the whole of DuckTales 2017. These characters kept popping up. Um, so his information has just been scribbled out really messily. And Jim just kind of wrote his name around that. So that was pretty funny. Um, and he's just 
clearly a very salty old man and is just snatching the memorabilia out of his fans' hands to sign it without even really paying attention. Touchpad is holding himself together pretty well as the, the duck in line behind him is having a familiar-looking breakdown to, again, anyone who has ever met a famous person they admire, except for, you know, he goes into this whole big speech that he just ends with. He wants to keep Jim in a giant jar in his closet. Most people are not so vocal about their dreams within earshots of their hero. We all have our jar dreams, but we usually don't shout them out where people can hear them. And Launchpad kindly tries to talk the nervous fan off the edge, explaining that Jim is just a normal guy. And he's been to plenty of these signings before, and one day he's actually going to meet him. <laughs> and this is, this is a bit of a segue here to just reiterate, I really like this Launchpad. Because he does stuff like this. There's a lot of setup, and then you see the, the payoff. I think that's just accredited to the writers of this show, just being really good. But also, Beck Bennett, who is the voice of Launchpad, just nails every single line. I He just, he cracks me up. He's really good. He gets me, man. Yeah. <laughs> so it turns out that Launchpad has never actually met Jim, because whenever it's his turn to talk to him, he faints. She does immediately after guy in the purple shirt standing next to him purple shirt guy <laughs> purple shirt guy cut that out um because this is actually in my notes here where i'm like do we want to play into this big reveal or can we just say his name He's <laughs> i'm just shirt going to guy. call him purple purple shirt guy so purple shirt guy asks launchpad why he's never met him and then launchpad faints on him and purple shirt guy who is voiced by chris and i can never say his name i had to say his name I looked it up once because I wanted to pronounce it properly, and I have unfortunately forgotten it. Yeah, Diamantopoulos? Something Maybe. similar to that, yes. I apologize to this man. Because he does a fantastic job in every role that he plays, but he plays two in particular in DuckTales that are spectacular. It's Storkiles, Incredible, and Purple Shirt Guy. Purple shirt guy. And can I just yeah. say, I felt very called out because I did go to a signing for Jim Cummings several years back. Actually, probably, let me, I forget when this episode aired, but I saw him maybe about, I want to say six months before this episode aired. And I almost fainted. <laughs> I, I was at the front of the line and they called me next and I got really lightheaded and I had to actually lean over and take some deep breaths because I was I was starting to see purple and I was like so launchpad <laughs> fainting several times I'm like oh my god it is me yeah, I know that feeling all too well I was also very very nervous when I met Jim Cummings so here we go we are all launchpad so yeah so the purple shirt guy did not faint so he gets to talk to Jim first and he tries to ask Jim a question but he gets completely interrupted when he asks who to make the personalization out to and we get our second I am the terror of the episode as purple shirt guy starts saying I am the terror that flaps in the night I am the president of your fan club I am and Jim just cuts him off the like, gay hey, that'll be 15 bucks stay dangerous <laughs> and purple shirt guy starts to walk away from Jim who then lets out a weight and purple shirt guy just turns around with his arms open like Jim is gonna <laughs> hug him <laughs> which is pretty adorable but Jim is just excited by the sight of an actual child a young person interested in his show that he just like latches onto Dewey and like brings him over 
and uh, he's like, I knew the kids still loved me. Who do I make this out to? And Dewey, with the strength of a thousand gorillas, lifts up the comatose <laughs> launch pad and slams him on the table. Wait. Yes. A fresh-faced new fan. I knew the kids still loved me. <laughs> Who do I make this out to? Now the fainter's back. He'd really appreciate it if you could sign his poster. Hashtag Darkwing Duck. Whoa, that's weird. And he signs Launchpad's face. <laughs> and um, Dewey takes a picture of it and starts to upload it to whatever the, the Duckverse equivalent of Instagram is with the caption, Launch Launchpad looks sick, but trust me, he's stoked. <laughs> hashtag celebrity question mark hashtag wasn't alive in the 90s hashtag time to jump on recliners uh, as he's typing in darkwing duck he finds out that it's trending worldwide and it's number one actually i would have loved it if the number three trending item which was gizmoduck theories was number one and darkwing was number two but i guess i guess that's fine they were giving <laughs> they were giving him a small break they were a, a minuscule little break uh, so that's how they find out that they're making a Darkwing Duck movie. And Jim is elated by the news and climbs on top of Mount Launchpad to declare that Darkwing Duck is back. Which wakes up Launchpad, sending Jim crashing into Purple Shirt Guy. Launchpad sees Jim and then faints on top of the two of them <laughs> like a Jim Starling sandwich. <laughs> oh my god, that whole scene. And this is just within the first five minutes. I I know, like this is—it's crazy how much they pack into this episode. It just never—it's just rapid fire. So, <laughs> continuing on with the theme here, Launchpad is now driving Jim, but is fainting continually <laughs> over and over and over again because he keeps looking in the rearview mirror. And because they assume that even though no one has contacted Jim about the role, that he is going to be Darkwing. Wow. I'm going to a real movie studio where larger-than-life big-screen legends are born. And you get to ride there with a real-life movie star. <laughs> Muskie. Are we sure about this guy? Why wouldn't the studio send a car for him or, you know, tell him the movie exists? They couldn't make a movie without him. Jim Starling is Darkwing Duck. You're dang right he is, buddy. <laughs> <gasps> I'm his buddy. <sighs> we'll learn that Jim enjoys the smell of his own body odor. And Dewey reminds everyone that typically people who are in movies know that they are in the movies, but no one is really interested in following that train of logic. And Launchpad crashes into the movie studio, which is, of course, naturally owned by Scrooge McDuck. Inside the studio, Scrooge, who is voiced by David Tennant and the director of Darkwing First Darkness, Alistair Borswain, who is voiced by Edgar Wright. It's like really crazy, the voices that he got for this. Yeah. And also super unnecessary. I mean, like, while it's fun to hear well-known actors in these roles, I don't really like the trend of celebrity voices just for the sake of celebrity voices. I don't mind them as long as they're well done and they actually, mm -hmm. you know, for example, Lin-Manuel Miranda, I feel like he brought his A-game and he genuinely enjoyed playing Fenton and Gizmo mm -hmm. Duck. So that's fine. Any character that you can tell that they, they just loved what they were doing. I don't care if they're celebrity as long as they can do that, but if they're just kind of phoning it in, mm -hmm. then yeah. I really think that for the amount of like famous people that were in DuckTales or celebrities that were pretty big or, you know, whatever, I feel like there's a contract, well, like whatever contract they sign with Disney or whatever projects they do, I assume that there's like 
you have to be in X amount of things before your contract is bit, which I think would explain why they keep popping up in things. That's just my interpretation. I don't really know. Um, Scrooge tries to rein in Alistair's request for more funding for the movie by reminding him that this is his studio um, and it was made to create safety d- videos for his company. Um, and then we see all of the posters are basically just featuring Donald making <laughs> unfortunate decisions <laughs> and neglecting OSHA rules. Like one of them is don't eat the toner. And Donald just looks disgusted. Scrooge, in what I'm sure is all too common in the entertainment industry, demands that he have creative control and be consulted on all decisions to rein in the spending. He thinks the movie should be shot in color and the villain needs a mustache that he can swirl around his fingers. Um, At this time, Dewey then storms in to the meeting unannounced and demands to know why Scrooge never told him he had a movie studio so that Dewey could follow his dreams. And Scrooge is just kind of like, "Um, this is exactly why I never told you. Because of how you're acting right now. And Dewey is just kind of like, fair enough. <laughs> Let's it go. So props to Dewey. At this point, Jim decides to make a dramatic entrance and shuts the lights off. And we see him <laughs> army crawling into the room. And we get another I am the terror. I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the comeback <gasps> the audience demands. I am a huge fan, Alistair Borswan. I mean, I've never actually seen your work, but you're British, so I'm sure that it's very classy and yeah. Uh, yes, and you are? <laughs> British and funny. Whoa, this feels like the beginning of a great creative partnership. Oh, cool. A big budget reboot of a thing I loved as a kid. Those are always great. He's the worst. He is the worst. But that's fine, because Alistair doesn't know who he is either. Launchpad sounds him with questions about the reboot, and they're treated to a very Christopher Nolan, Christian Bale-esque Batman trailer. You know, as Darkwing. They get, like, the grim narrator with all the super tropey lines that make Dewey groan. We get another Howie scream, (laughs) actually. (laughs) And they have, like, Martha Wayne's pearls dropping and exploding. Several times over. Yeah. (laughs) That killed me because it was clearly just their way of talking about how they're constantly rehashing the death of Bruce Wayne's parents. And the pearls are always used as some form of representation for Mm -hmm. that. Oh, my God. Because it it does it several times throughout. I was just like. I was kill- I was just dying. <laughs> I was laughing. It's so really much. it's very fun. And it's just like there's like a Commissioner Gordon character. It's like, oh you're too dangerous. People are scared of you. And like lighting the city on fire. Like all these crazy things happening. Within every man, there is a war. Not of action but of ideas. There is no right or wrong, no heroes or villains, only darkness. There is one man who can fight the darkness. Yeah, here we go, baby! With more darkness. What's this now? It's the Darkling! can't just flap around in the night, you'll terrify people! It's too dangerous! Darkwing, First Darkness. This film not suitable for children. 
and the lights turn on and everybody looks completely shell-shocked except for Alistair, who's just grinning at everybody like, huh? 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 And Launchpad is like, that's not Darkwing Duck. Darkwing would never terrorize innocent people or set the city on fire. And he thinks for a second, he's like, not on purpose. Oh, beautiful. Well, beautiful. It's chef kiss. And Alistair says, but aren't we all heroes and villains of our own stories, like battling with each other? And oh, foreshadowing. It really um, is. Jim, even though he has just seen a trailer with Darkwing in it, still thinks that he has the job. <laughs> And likes the grim and gritty take, saying that it shows off his dark, smoldery side. <laughs> somehow, even worse than Scrooge, Scrooge's ideas, Dewey starts spinning a list of what he thinks the movie needs. Aliens, ninjas, and a streetwise sidekick that skateboards everywhere and speaks in catchphrases. Oh, but of course he meets himself. That cause. Scrooge puts Dewey in charge. And Dewey, <laughs> Dewey's like, let's talk musical numbers. How many are not enough? I'm with Dewey and... on this. I love musical numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and it just makes me think of, there's a show that's on Apple TV called The After Party, which is very, very good. It's a murder mystery comedy where every episode is told as a different movie genre. And Ben Schwartz is in it. And his ep- his episode is a musical. Perfect. So there we go. Gooey gets to live his dreams. So G- Jim kind of wheels Alistair away from all of this and asks him when they start. And Alistair's just like, um, we have already started shooting. We're almost done. Jim's like, oh, so we're shooting the Darkwing scenes last or I'll be put in with CGI. And it's like, well, of course he's not playing Darkwing purple shirt guy is dun, dun, dun. yes she once again is very excited to see jim as he walks into the room and jim well jim attacks him <laughs> and then gets thrown out of the studio with launchpad jim and launchpad then decide to remind everyone how great the original not old is corrected darkwing is as jim just so happens to have his darkwing costume on hand and makes Launchpad faint again by calling him his sidekick. Pause here though, like I just remember watching this part of the episode with like the biggest grin on my face. Mm-hmm. Like this was just like incredible. Like I was like, oh my god, look at him, they're back together. And Darkwing's plan is to have Purple Shirt Guy locked up in his trailer so he can replace him on set so everyone thinks he's better. And then they ask him to be in the movie instead. And he's like, any questions? And Launchpad says, seven. <laughs> Launchpad was tallying the questions in his head. Uh, that just made me laugh. He's like, seven. He's like, ask, pick one. And Launchpad questions that the plan is not very heroic, but it's one over with Jim's explanation of, you know, doing the right thing and yada, yada, yada. Breaking in, locking up. Doesn't that sound not heroic? When the chips are down and everyone's against him, what does Darkwing Duck do? Get back up and fight for right. And I'm Darkwing Duck, right? Of course. I just have to say the first time I watched this, it was this part where he says, and I'm Darkwing Duck, right? Where I was cluing in. I'm like, okay, he is the antagonist of this episode. And oh. I felt like that's where I started thinking, okay, this is like going to end 
weird or unfortunate for this guy. Like I could just pick a line from just the goofy, silly guy to I actually think that he has some nefarious plans because I don't know. It was just the way he says it. And Launchpad even seems hesitant about it. He's pushing him into it. And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, yeah. And this so this is where I personally clued in and picked up on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, all of the foreshadowing is there already. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's like, okay, we're just gonna lean into it now. Jim needs to sneak in to the studio, so he naturally, in the sneakiest way possible, drops a smoke bomb <laughs> in front of the, like, receptionist Tad security. Stones. Yes, it is Tad Stones, but I don't, like, I guess he's a security guard. Yes. Like, he's just sitting at the gate. But before we get to Tad, he's just... It's Jim in his Darkwing costume underneath like a UPS man <laughs> uniform. He's still wearing the mask and he's got a little UPS cap on top of the fedora. Oh. Spectacular. So he, we get another I am the terror, but it's I am the courier that delivers in the, and then Tad Stones, the security guard, blasts him with a fire extinguisher <laughs> like three times. And then ask what, what productions he's delivering to. So it's like he wasn't even shooting him because, like, he was just still just like blasted this guy. And then he's like, "Where are you delivering to?" <laughs> so does this mean he blasts every delivery guy? I don't know. What production are you delivering to? <coughs> Darkwing Duck. <coughs> huh? Never heard of it. What? Remake of the popular TV show. A superhero for the ages. Oh, like Gizmo Duck. No, not like Gizmo Duck. Like Gizmo Duck. Darkwing Duck. Mm-hmm. Let's get dangerous. But about none of this rings a bell. Seriously. Now we got a situation requesting backup. And um, Launchpad has tried to sneak into the studio <laughs> by covering the limousine in bushes. <laughs> tries i guess drive it into the gate but just crashes into the same exact spot that he had <laughs> crashed into before that killed me i don't know why it's so funny so he doesn't matter because him and pat are you know talking to each other so he just kind of uses darkwing's grappling hook to scale the building as um jim explains to add stones who darkwing duck is and Tad says, oh, like Gizmoduck? <laughs> He's like, no, not like Gizmoduck. Just so, beautiful. It was I love so it. exasperated. <laughs> so Launchpad does sneak in. He gets he cronks his way into Purple Shirt Guy's trailer to enact the plan. This Launchpad is stupid and he gets into this trailer and then realizes that he's locked inside and then Purple Shirt Guy kicks the door down. He's like, I've saved you from locking yourself in my trailer <laughs> and then immediately calls out the hypocrisy of launchpad's plan and they are actually like actually fighting but they keep getting sidetracked to save the memorabilia like oh no don't hit me with that oh no wait hold on you're gonna crush this and then eventually they just kind of realize that they're both super fans super duper fans and then they start bonding over the merchandise we cut away briefly to more of dewey pitching his ideas and go back to PSG and Launchpad as they're just playing with Darkwing Duck figures. <laughs> and Launchpad is playing with a, a new villain called Hot Couture. And he's like a heat-based villain. Yeah. And I love them. Fantastic. And I I love punny villain names. It's perfect. And then we get uh, PSG's backstory as he finds a Darkwing Duck uh, lunch box with like his 
an indentation of a face in it. And he tells us about his origin of how he got to where he was. It's told via comic book panels, which is really effective. It's really very nice. And uh, he gets bullied by kids because he you know, goes to school dressed up like Darkwing Duck. And the bully kid smashes the lunchbox into little purple shirt kid's face. And uh, he says that Darkwing Duck taught him to always get back up. And he knows that the movie is not perfect and that he wants to inspire new kids. And now Launchpad is completely on board with saving the movie with both Darkwings. You are a true fan. We can save this movie. We got to tell Mr. Starling. I I don't know. He kind of wants to make me not alive anymore. Get your cape. We're going to save Darkwing Duck. (laughs) Just that one line. I lost it. It makes me want to not lie anymore. Then we go uh, to Mr. Who Wants to Make a Shark Guy Not Alive Anymore. Uh, Jim is running away from security guards and shakes them by falling in briefly with Dewey's Darkwing dance crew. (laughs) And uh, he incapacitates the guards and is in the process of hiding their bodies in this little (laughs) shed thing when PSG stumbles upon him and starts asking him, like, oh, you know, I think we could work together. We could save the movie. And uh, he goes to shake his hand and Jim throws him into the body depository and he's just still trying to talk to him. He's like, hey, what are you doing? And he's just slamming the door on his face. And Chris I'm so sorry. I can't say his name. I don't know how to do it. He does a fantastic job of emulating Jim's Cummings, uh, Jim Cummings' variety of injured noises. Mm-hmm. Like Just like you were saying when Darkwing was walking on the mines in the beginning and his inflection changed and he just sounds like drunker and drunker. Like, Mr. Starling, there you are. I am so sorry about everything. You helped me through a really rough time. Your heart is in my lunchbox. Come work on the movie with me. Together, we can inspire a new generation and make the best Darkwing duck ever. Yes, I will. Once he's safely locked away, Jim, well, Jim just starts cackling to himself. And this is the moment where all of us kind of know where Jim's path will lead him. Stupid movie star face. Stupid movie star face. On the set of the movie, the Darkwing Dancers are a-dancing. You get to see this iteration of Megavolt, who Mm. is just basically Bane. (laughs) (laughs) And he has a mustache. And it looks like he's reading through the rewrites that have just come to him. Uh, Alistair is distressed by all the changes that have been made. And Dewey informs him that there is now chainsaw jugglers only solidifying what's to come. Yeah, I was at this point, I was freaking out when they brought in the chainsaw (laughs) jugglers. I was like, oh, oh, are they are they going to do anything or is it just a little, you know, Easter egg shout out? (laughs) Oh, are they going to do anything? Um, Scrooge is not impressed with Megavolt's uh, mustache. So that's that I really feel like Scrooge is really fixated on facial hair in this episode. <laughs> uh, 
who's the villain. They need a mustache. Yes. It's the only way you can tell. So yeah, Launchpad finds Jim sitting on set and asks him if he's seen PSG. Jim says that the actor kid told him he should play the part because he stubbed his toe and quit. And what I haven't really mentioned is that we've seen Purple Shirt Guy sustain, like, multiple injuries leading up to this. Like, an, a hot iron falls on his foot. Like, he gets knocked into the bat. Like, he's taken a, a beating already. So Launchpad, at this point, is like, that doesn't sound like him. He's <laughs> not convinced. And he says, well, that doesn't sound like him. And Dark, as um, Jim is walking away, he's like, and why are you saying things all mean? <laughs> So it's like, oh yeah, we're 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 coming. Here it comes. So he gets on on set to start taking over the role, and we get to see a little bit of of Dewey's rewrites, which are terrible. And Jim just winds up defying the script and literally attacks the actor playing Megavolt and sets the set on fire because sure. And he hops on the electric cannon thing that Megavolt was using that actually works for some reason mm -hmm. and demands that everybody like stays where they are and they're going to finish this in one take because Jim Starling does everything in one take even if it kills me and everyone on this roof. He He's straight up just like, I'm going to kill myself and everybody else in this room. <laughs> like, like, my goodness, <laughs> we have escalated here. <laughs> Things have escalated pretty dramatically uh, from that parking lot of the sofa store. Then um, we get Yet another, I am a terror, as Purple Shirt Guy is now in his Darkwing costume, and he says, I am the overstuffed burrito that spills into the lap of crime. I am Darkwing Duck. And then, completely unhinged, Jim screams back at him, No, I am! <laughs> Great. He shoots um, at PSG with this electric cannon thing, who's just kind of drawing his fire so that everybody else can escape. And Launchpad and the new Darkwing devise a plan to stop Jim, and they both get to say, let's get dangerous, and then immediately geek out about it. It's pretty adorable. It is. It's super cute. And Jim is in shock that Purple Shark Guy is back up. What? I knocked you out cold! Like a lot! I don't want to brag, but I'm incredibly strong and resilient. Oh, really? Darkwing! What? He says this, also demonstrating that he is also a perfect Darkwing. He's saying this as he's standing on top of a box that says explosives. <laughs> and uh, Jim says, oh, really? And blows up the box. And But new Darkwing is still there. He's singed, but he gets back up. And then Jim drops a piano on him, and he gets back up. And he just zaps him a bunch with the cannon thing, and he just keeps coming. Darkwing is like, oh, just keep getting back, getting back up. And we go into full-blown letterbox format as they fight each other, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. <laughs> so it's like this really big dramatic fight scene, which I don't think we ever got in the original Darkwing. It was all just kind of like dust clouds with limbs hanging out of it. And uh, Dewey tells Scrooge to step in and stop bad guy but scrooge can't tell which one is the bad guy because because neither of them have a mustache <laughs> oh beautiful <laughs> oh the launch pad's part of this plan was that he was going to turn on the rainmaker to put out the fire so he finally gets there and he turns it on and puts the, the fire out just as jim gets his hands on a chainsaw 
and is about to cut purple shirt guy in half and Launchpad falls out of the rafters and starts giving the most beautiful speech anyone has ever heard. Show's over. Deadly duck. Stop! You're not a villain. You're a hero. Our hero. No matter how hopeless things got, Darkwing Duck got back up and did what was right. For Darkwing Duck is bigger than one man. He is the hope that flaps in the night. This may be the most eloquent Launchpad has ever been. He knows a lot about this one thing. But he is light, just, and the most tenacious part of all good men. Um, Launchpad? Inspiring the citizenry to rise to a new Prometheus. Hey, dummy, it's about to blow! You really can't stop him once he gets started. Well, yeah, he's your biggest fan. ...subjugates his will to the will of the common good. Daring duck of mystery. A champion of right. Who is the cunning mind behind that shadow in the skies? I got you! No, I got him! And as we go back over to the launch pad, he's basically just reciting the, the theme song lyrics back at them at this point. <laughs> and the big, like pylon tesla coil thing that is behind him is starting to make like you know it's like overloading and sparking and all the rain um, but launchpad is in the zone and doesn't notice when both of the dark wing is trying to warn him and then they're like both run to save him and jim gets there first and knocks them both out of the way just as the pylon explodes purple suit guy Darkwing, and launchpad look on sadly as it's nothing left but rubble one person is excited, though. That's Alistair. <laughs> he wants to see the footage, thinking that it's the perfect end to his reboot, and just finds a video of Dewey doing the perfect cast from <laughs> a goofy movie instead. <laughs> of a dramatic fight scene, and Dewey's like, it's my masterpiece. Oh. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's like, I guess sometime later, because I feel like there's fire trucks and stuff here, purple shirt guy is lamenting the movie cancellation and him losing his big shot and blowing up his hero <laughs> it's a very concise list that he just kind of reads through and then he starts wondering what he's gonna do now and launchpad's like well our queen duck always does get back up you could do this for real it's like what be a superhero i mean i'm scrappy and i'm brave and i look great in a cape and launchpad says gizmoduck does it and he just narrows his eyes and nods he's like i am better than gizmoduck <laughs> Oh, the rivalry like, is already uh, there. It's alive! It's beautiful. And uh, Launchpad tells him to do it for Jim. And then Launchpad has him sign his Darkwing Duck poster that he was going to have Jim sign in the beginning. And this is when we finally learn that Purple Shirt Guy's name is actually Drake Mallard. Which, it's beautiful. It's really nice. I liked it. Um, so, of course, Launchpad's like, Drake Mallard, never heard of you. I have. But as we pan down the destroyed set, we follows line of purple into the sewers below. It was all a setup. That hack put my fan in danger to steal the glory and humiliate me. They want grim and gritty, huh? Happy to play the part. <laughs> <laughs> and oh no his suit is now yellow and he's wearing a red hat he's like happy to play the part and then he cackles us into the credits oh. oh so yeah so he cackles us into the credits on a promise that was never fulfilled and yeah. what would have been the negaduck of this adventure like what adventures would he have gotten up to 
I mean, granted, this is a DuckTales show and can't bogart the entire thing, but man, what a tease. To be fair, I actually kind of know because I spoke to Frank on a Zoom call once and I asked him about it. He was supposed to reappear again and much sooner than we all thought. And there was various reasons that it did not happen. And I feel like we can get to that when we talk about the Let's Get Dangerous episode. But Mm. he was originally supposed to return in Let's Get Dangerous. And then for various reasons, he did not. Which is a bummer. Because, I mean, like, Drake makes a few more appearances throughout DuckTales. um, But this is the last we see of Jim Negaduck Starling. Because it really, it's a shame. Because there was so much groundwork put down that would have been so fun to follow. And I got our hopes up that this would trigger a spinoff. But alas, well, we are. Some are say to this day he's still in the sewers. <laughs> probably training the rats to be his new fearsome five. He's making little little chainsaws for all of them out of like toothpicks. But yeah, so overall this is a super fun episode for Darkwing fans. They really kind of push the DuckTales characters to the side a bit, which is kind of bold since it's their show. But I'm not complaining. It covered a lot of ground in its like 22 minutes. And they even had to cut out the theme song to fit it all in. So we don't get any of the DuckTales theme song, just like the very end with the title card. It is an interesting and sweet take on the character. And we only get a very small bit of him and Goslin together in the Let's Get Dangerous two-parter. We've seen where they went and how they functioned as the Darkwing gang. And would there even have been Muddlefoots? Who could say? I just want to highlight, because I feel like this doesn't get enough credit, the background music is so good. Mm-hmm. It's done by Dominic Lewis. It was very cinematic. But, I mean, Darkwing Duck, 1991, aside from its, you know, kicking theme song, the music was very just almost stock audio-y in the fact that it, like, wasn't anything intense. It was just happy, wistful you know what I'm talking about, like just the general mm-hmm. music of the 91. And they just, they went all in, especially with this episode. I still rewatch the, the ending there, the surprise Negaduck ending. And every single time I hear the music, I get goosebumps. It's just <laughs> all the way through. And even when Launchpad is giving his speech, you can hear the Darkwing Duck theme song, but it's like a slow, dramatic version of it in the background. I don't think I've ever really paid that close attention to it. I'll have to give it another listen. Yeah, it's like, do, 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 do. It's very dramatic. <laughs> it's just, I, I, I feel like it, that really was something extra. And I think it really helped with the episode. And like, the, not that the episode needed like any helping, but it was just the icing on top of. Another. It was an extra layer to the, the love letter. Yeah, like is I, duck. the music in general in DuckTales was really good, but mm-hmm. this episode in particular, I just remember from the very beginning to the end, the music was great. It's very good. And see, it's almost like there could have been a musical number in the middle. I guess the Darkwing Scott squad were singing a little bit when they were marching along uh, with their one and two and three and four. And I don't know. So this just could have had Darkwing Duck the musical. But it's fine. It's fine. The dreams of what could have been. This was it. This was our reprieve from the trenches of problematic Darkwing Duck episodes from the 90s. 
And um, yeah, this episode was fantastic. It really, I don't know, it just made me really happy. Like everything that they did the first time I watched this episode, I just like could not stop smiling when I was watching it. And it was really fun to hear Jim get to be Darkwing again. And then at the same time, get to be Negaduck again, which as no surprise to anyone listening to this podcast is very important to us. <laughs> so it was, it was great. Jim was, I couldn't get over how everything was just pitch perfect. It was like he never stopped being Darkwing in the 30 years since the show ended. Like every, every line that he did, it just, everything was, even his Negaduck, like mm-hmm. there was nothing off about it. It was perfect. And I was very impressed. And here we are. Holding our last scrap of Negaduck in recent years. <laughs> and we will hold him forever, as slimy as he may be. But yeah, I mean, if you haven't watched the DuckTales reboot, it's definitely worth a watch. Um, I really like, again, things that they did with the characters. They did completely change some characters. Um, like Mama Crackshell is a completely different person, but I love her too. And it's just, you know, old friends. I want to touch upon Drake and Launchpad and Jim, the relationship dynamic, because Launchpad and Jim Starling felt very much like the original Darkwing Duck 1991, the way in which he interacted with Launchpad. Mm -hmm. Not always. I mean, the Drake in the 91 version, he could be kind, and there was times where he was nice to Launchpad, but there were a lot of times where even now when we're rewatching the show, it's like, wow, he's he can be really mean to Launchpad. Mm-hmm. And he does call him names and he calls him like he hits him with like a rolled up newspaper. We've covered that in one of the episodes. And it's just <laughs> and I feel like they intentionally, even with uh Jim saying calling him his sidekick, I feel like that was a callback to the dynamic of the nineteen ninety one version. And then mm-hmm. Drake and Launchpad it's this new version where they're on equal footing because instead of Launchpad coming in as idolizing him as he did in the original show, they're both two people who are on equal ground who share a passion, which is their love for this TV show, and they bond over it. And I just wanted to talk about, I sent in, and because uh, Frank Angonis was on Tumblr at the time when the show was still running, and he'd answer questions. So I sent an ask to him. And I said, I really like how 2017 Drake and LP form their friendship over a shared passion as opposed to the 91 dynamic, which had more of a sidekick idol worship vibe. Was that an intentional change? It feels like the writers really consider the dynamics in each of the DT relationships, and it's great. And Frank responded, and he said, It was important to me that they were equals and that Drake needs LP as much as LP needs Drake. It also allows LP to be right and an authority on something, which he isn't usually. And it speaks Mm -hmm. a bit to Launchpad's arc since the pilot, which has ties to the original series and which we'll be exploring more this season. Mm -hmm. So it was it was intentional the way in which Mm -hmm. they form these dynamics. And I think that was their way of acknowledging that. The original 91 Drake and Launchpad were not always the healthiest dynamic. Mm-hmm. And I just, I found that really interesting because I really do like this version. I just, as soon as when they, when they're in that trailer and they're fighting and they start bonding over all the merchandise, it was just really cute. And 
I, I knew I was like, I, I like that. Like, I think it's it's great. And yeah. apparently everybody else thought so, too, because this particular ask, I see it screen capped and posted on Twitter. It's been sent around Twitter several times by people because they loved his response. Yeah, I thought it was a good response, too. So props to them for that. It seems like they're more they're actual friends by mm-hmm. the end of this episode, even by like the middle of this episode, like once they stop fighting, which to be fair too, this launch pad seems like he can hold his own mm-hmm. because him and Drake are actually fighting like they are punching and kicking at each other. And it's it's very funny because like he picks up a Darkwing act, a Darkwing something or other to hit him with. And Drake is like, no, 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 that, that, that's a collector's edition. And then he's going to like suplex him into some, a box on the ground. He's like, no, 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 those are my comic books. And then they just kind of deteriorate from there. But like by the end of that scene, they're friends, even though I feel like they started to be friends within that first meeting at the sofa place. It's just like already like they're bonded together over this thing that they love. And now they're going to try to like work together to make it like, something that they both have this high esteem of what it should be that they'll try to keep each other motivated to do it which would have been interesting to see if there was a Darkwing spinoff that dynamic play out more but you know Michael Mouse said no (laughs) indeed but yeah that's what are your final overall rate like your rating on the Quackerware freshness scale and whatnot Quackerware Freshness Scale this stands at a 4.9 point. No, there can only be one. There's a lot of points. Mostly, it's almost perfect. It would be um, even more perfect if there was a model foot in it. <laughs> I have to ding it for that. But yeah, it's uh, pretty close to being perfect. Yeah, I, I as speaking as an old school fan seeing a completely different and fresh take that isn't just the old universe being crammed into the new universe. I personally, yeah. Isn't just Martha Wayne's pearls falling on the ground again. (laughs) Exactly. I thought it was, I thought it was really creative. And because I remember way at the very beginning before beware the buddy system aired i had already come to the conclusion that he was a tv show within the tv show because there had been a few hints Mm -hmm. uh jim cummings had done an interview i forget with who but it was a podcast and he spoke about how he played he he was playing the role of the guy who played darkwing in the tv show and he said that the kids go to meet him and that was before Beware the Buddy System aired. And then there was a little Flash or cell phone game, like a mobile game for DuckTales. And there were Darkwing Duck scripts in it. And so that mm. was, so I knew going into Beware the Buddy System that it was going to be a TV show. And I didn't know how I felt about that at the time. But this episode just made it work really well. Mm-hmm. I feel like it kind of played into... Well, we know that you have all this expectation for like a Darkwing show. So it's basically like that Darkwing show that you know, like that you would want to see exists in this universe already. Although without like, I guess, a launchpad and a Goslin character in that show, it kind of makes you wonder what that show was actually like. But yeah. I think it was probably similar to, uh, I don't know why in my head I think of Adam West or is it Adam West Batman? Which one did like the old fashioned really old school Batman live action TV show. Oh, Adam West, yeah, with the onomatopoeia punching and all that. Yeah. 
I I feel like it was probably something like that where it was cheesy live action. He probably didn't have, and I think the whole reason that he became Negaduck is he did not have a launch pad or a Goslin and probably not a Morgana either in his life. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference between him and the original Darkwing and that, and I do remember Frank Angoni saying that the difference between Darkwing Duck and Negaduck is that Negaduck doesn't have any friends or loved ones to keep him in check. Well, you know why? It's because he's lonely. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, poor lonely. And even lonelier now that he's in the sewers. I am. I feel like he'd make it work, though. In my head, though, the way that this would go like what i was hoping would happen from here is that negaduck would find all the old actors who were the villains on the show and somehow like make them into his new fearsome five and it would have been like a whole bunch of decrepit old dudes attacking young people (laughs) sounded sounded better in my head (laughs) my my huge running theory, and I told this to Frank when I was talking to him, and he didn't really give me an answer either way, but where I thought it was heading was he was going to be Negaduck for a while, but it was going to be a homage to the original where there was two Negaducks. There was the Tron split Negaduck who had a good mm-hmm. evil side when Darkwing gets split in half, and mm-hmm. Jim is more based off him, even in the way that he switches between almost like a Jekyll and Hyde personality in this episode where mm-hmm. his eyes get all swirly. And my theory was that he was eventually going to reform, revert back to Darkwing, but he was going to serve as either a mentor or kind of like the the grunkle Stan, if you will. Not like the um, Bruce Wayne in Batman Beyond. Yeah, like a... A really trashy just kind of there there to support drake in his in his like new i guess because even we can see that the coach mcgurk of superhero mentors yeah and i mean we can even see in this episode that jim starling kept in shape he clearly never stopped training because when he battles drake in this episode they're equally matched Mm -hmm. so and he he looks like he's in excellent shape so I think he probably could teach Drake a thing or two and I saw that and then what I saw was going to happen was the Negaverse would be introduced and the real mm-hmm. Negaduck would be the 2017 version of Drake. Mm. His Negaverse half would come in as the second one which would be the equivalent to the classic yellow Negaduck that we know from. That was my theory and I told that to Frank and he just... What did he say to me? He said, "He said, well, that would be a lot to fit into one episode because I was talking about the Let's Get Dangerous episode with him. And that's all mm-hmm. he said. He didn't, he did not confirm mm-hmm. or deny anything. But the villains, like Megawalt and everything, did you have a thought on them? Uh, sort of similar to you where I thought maybe they were either going to be old actors, but I had a feeling they would not all be returning as the actual permanent Fearsome Five. Mm-hmm. because DuckTales, on the whole, seem to have a theme of passing the baton on to new people, mm-hmm. and they were very big on introducing fresh new takes, so I suspected that maybe while the Fearsome Five, the original actors or versions of them might appear, I didn't think that they would actually be the final real versions if there was ever going to be a reboot based in this universe, if that mm. makes sense. Oh, yeah. The other thing I was thinking of with reformed 
grandpa, Jim Starling, yeah. was also his relationship. I could see him having a relationship to Goslin where he's like the one who spoils her. And, you know, Drake, the young 2017 Drake, he's significantly younger than the version of the 91 show. Like he and Launchpad are in their 20s. They're millennials. They're essentially a reflection of millennials who grew up with the original 90s cartoon, whereas Jim Starling is literally a boomer. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it, like I, I had a ton of theories. Uh, none of them, unfortunately, panned out. So what you're saying is that Jim Starling would be the one buying booze for Goslin at the liquor store and, <laughs> and sneaking it to her, like buying her packs of cigarettes, but no one's looking. I was thinking like letting her eat ice cream and stay up late and watching scary movies and just being kind of the weird trashy grunkle Stan who's just there, but (laughs) he's kind of lovable in his own way. I don't know. I I just had a feeling that might be where they were headed. I was Mm. always curious about how Jim Cummings felt about the whole thing because essentially he's perma-negaduck for a while. Mm Mm-hmm. And I have no idea. I, I, I don't know. Like, some people just did not like that he was being ousted for, you know, a new actor. But like we said, like I said, DuckTales on the whole, it was all about bringing in fresh new takes on everything. And that included pretty much all the voice actors from any original version of DuckTales or Darkwing were not reprised. And instead, they usually got cameos as different characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there it is. There's our our episode on a DuckTales episode instead of a Darkwing Duck episode. And sadly, next time you hear our dulcet tones, we'll be talking about Dances with Bigfoot. So from the shiny movie quality production back into the trenches of, of Oofville. But this was very fun. I'm glad you suggested this. And um next time i watch it i'll pay closer attention to the music and until next time dear friends remember to always do the perfect cast and to always get back up and keep getting up and fight for what's right and that crime doesn't sleep neither do we your heart is in my lunchbox (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna keep you in a giant jar in my closet (laughs) 